and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are delighted. We are delighted to welcome a guest we've had before that we can't wait to uh, spend time with again that you're going to love very much. And so today we're going to talk about the power of the holy hour, power of a holy hour. And how do you make a holy hour? The power of adoration. And so, but before we introduce our guest, um, I want to talk to Heather and Michelle. Hello, ladies. How are we? We got our guest back again. So it's the four of us, actually. Mm-hmm. And just like before, we've had nothing but trouble because I don't know. I'm anticipating this is going to. So be- we had trouble the first time. <laughs> I know. Do we have trouble the first time? We had time? the most epic trouble ever. Yes. We're having like we're about to have such a great conversation. You know, we're just having all this trouble with all the tech stuff, but we got it. We got it. So we're good to go. I'm really happy to see you all. Yeah. And we can finally yeah. hear each other also because we couldn't hear We could see but not hear, and then we could hear but not see. And now we're seeing and hearing and we're... How are you, Michelle? I'm great. I just got off of a four-day retreat with a bunch of young adult women and they were awesome. I came home and fell asleep at 8.15. I was so tired because I can't hang that long. But... Anyway, it was great, and I'm glad to be with you, and I'm glad we are talking about the subject that we are talking about today. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we could really think of nobody better to talk about this, who also has an awesome new little book out about this, but we would like to officially welcome back to the podcast, Father Josh Johnson. What's up, yo? Ladies. So good to have you with us. Okay, can you tell them how much like how much hair gel do you have going on in that hair, buddy? <laughs> Because, I mean, your hair, like, it's reflecting just a little. So, yeah. Okay. I was one of y'all saw that, too. I mean, yeah. She's yeah. You look good. I mean, I'm not, you, your hair looks good, but, yeah. And so. Um, I, mean, it, I have just a little bit of a, yeah, I forgot what it's called, but it's uh, it's some black people hair gel. So, <laughs> so. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So, like, my, my daddy has it. And so, I was going to my dad's house every now and then. And he's, like, taking his. And so he got tired of me taking his hair stuff, so he bought me like three or four jars of it. And so uh, uh, every black person knows what it is. Like if I went and got the bottle, every black oh, I know exactly what it is because David has it in his hair. You yeah. would, yes, uh-huh. your son has it. It yeah. does. It works. It works. Yeah. So it's good. Oh my goodness! When I brought the kids home from Haiti, there was this website called uh, Black Hair Vanilla Care, and it was teaching all of us how to take care of black hair, and it was beautiful. And so my kids have gorgeous hair, but. It requires more product. So yours looks really good, mister. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I never thought I'd be talking about hair, uh, but yeah, here we are. Welcome to a predominantly woman's <laughs> podcast. There you go. You don't talk about that on Ask Father Josh? You don't talk about Just your own hair? I will talk about your hair, but you got a veil on, so I really can't you know, do that with you True. right now. Yeah, no. Sister's hair is gorgeous, actually. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, nobody gets to see it, but it's pretty. A so, veil will travel. So, Father, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to your heart, which you have a new book um, about. And we just can we talk about how the book came to Genesis in your heart and about the power of the holy hour and just kind of this the journey of your own heart in regards to this topic that we're going to talk about with our listeners today? Yeah, so I wrote a new book through Ascension Press uh, called Pocket Guide to Adoration. 
And uh, it, it's very dear to my heart because I came back to the Catholic Church through Eucharistic adoration. Uh, I left the Catholic Church whenever I was in high school, and uh, I was invited to a Steubenville South Conference in 2004, the summer before my senior year in high school. And, uh, and it was Saturday night, June 26, 2004, 8 o'clock p.m. in Alexandria, Louisiana with Bishop Sam Jacobs that I experienced uh, the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and came to believe that he was really present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in, in the Blessed Sacrament. And since my since that encounter with the Lord, I have been drawn to uh, just spend time with the Eucharist every day. And it's what's helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord and long to, to not only adore him in adoration, but to receive him in Holy Communion at Mass. And so uh, when Ascension approached me about writing another book, um, this was the only thing I wanted to write on because it's the most important topic. Um, is, is, is Eucharistic adoration because so many people, they don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. how many people have we walked with who are like, Hey, you know, I want to go to adoration, but like, I don't know what to do. And I was in the same boat because after Steubenville, you know, Steubenville, have y'all been to Steubenville? I know sisters spoken, mm-hmm. right? Steubenville, mm-hmm. like the adoration is amazing, right? Like you have like the, the smoke and you got the powerful music and you have all the teenagers. Some of them are like praising God and some are screaming like they're having an exorcism. Like, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's like a whole nother experience. Um, and people are like lying, kneeling, whatever. And so after my first encounter with the Eucharist at Steubenville, I wanted more. I was like, Jesus, I believe in your presence. I want to be in a relationship with you in the Eucharist. And so I went to an adoration chapel in my diocese and I walked in and there was no teens and there was two old ladies. Um, there was no incense and it didn't smell like incense. It smelled like cheap perfume. Um, the, 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 light, the lights weren't lit very well. They had fluorescent light, and I can't stand lights. Um, it, it just, I didn't know what to do. So I walked in. I was like, okay, there's no music. There's no teens. There's no smoke. Okay, what do I do? And I, I knelt down. And when I knelt down, I started counting one, two, three, four, five. And I, I realized in that moment, I didn't know how to spend time with Jesus in adoration. And so, so many other people who I've walked with have been in the same boat where they've experienced him in a powerful way at a conference, and then they've gone back home, and they've had no idea, what am I supposed to be doing when I go to adoration? How am I supposed to be praying? Is there a right way and a wrong way to spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist? And so that kind of is the reason why I just wanted to help people to cultivate a deeper relationship with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament um, and uh, and be able to transition also to, to the... Um, the liturgical act of worship him in, in mass based on the time of adoration as well. That's amazing. When I w- when I texted you to say, hey, this is what I was thinking. I knew you had your book coming out, but when I was praying, like when we, we were thinking about content for Lent and guiding you know our listeners through Lent, we knew we were doing the book Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. But I also really felt strongly that we have to um, really start in- encouraging our podcast listeners for the power of like adoration, holy hour, and really learning how to listen to the Lord, really learning how to be with the Lord. And that's not something that comes naturally to majority of people. And so how do we walk people through that process? Because I really truly believe like if you spend time with the Lord quietly in adoration, it transforms you. It is a transforming vehicle. I call it like chemotherapy. It gets any kind of the cancers in your spiritual life out and it allows you to hear the Father so closely. And uh, but... Once again, I wanted to give people practicals and wanted to give, we wanted to give people, um, you know, where do you even begin? Where do you even start? And what, like you said, like you had that experience at a Steubenville conference, but what is it adoration doing to your um, prayer life right now? Like in this moment? Yeah, well, everything. So my, my whole prayer life has always been rooted in in the Eucharist. So every morning I wake up and I spend an hour with Jesus 
uh, in the Blessed Sacrament. And okay, first of all, tell them about your chapel. You have the most beautiful chapel you in do. your house, in your rectory. It's like stunning. So he has like the really cool adoration chapel. It's yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all wood and it's like, it's like a little t- tabernacle. So you come inside and it looks like a tabernacle and uh, you have Jesus in the middle uh, and you have two recesses with Mary and Joseph. And yeah, it's just really beautiful. And it's very, um, yeah, it's just, he, he's my best friend. And so it, it's helpful to, to live in a rectory with Jesus present. Um, <laughs> he keeps me out of trouble. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to sin when God's right next door. You're like, oh man, shoot. I want to I want to say something, but I can't say anything right now because Jesus is my roommate. Um, yeah, so it's really it's really delightful. But Fulton Sheen, he actually says that whenever we go to Eucharistic Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, Exposition of the Eucharist, he says it's always helpful um, for us to bring with us the Word of God, to bring the sacred mm-hmm. scriptures, um, because if the Eucharist is the face of Christ, then the, the Word of God is the voice of Christ. And so the way that we're going to be able to have a deeper intimacy with the Lord is if we're looking at him, right, looking at his face, but also listening to his voice in his most concrete form that is available to us, which is the, the word, the word inscribed, the sacred scriptures. And so Fulton Sheen certainly encourages when we go before the Blessed Sacrament um, to, to bring the scriptures. That way we can share our heart with Jesus, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, um, our fears, concerns, worries, everything that we're carrying. But we can also listen to his heart as well. Um, in the word. And so um, and so I, I, I still to this day, I bring the scriptures with me every morning before the Blessed Sacrament. Um, I, and as y'all know, I've been very sick lately uh, for the past couple of days. And so uh, with with the, the illness, I'm a baby whenever I, I'm sick. Like, I guess women are more tough than guys um, because I'm, I'm like the biggest pity party when I'm sick. Um, and I do. Yeah, I know. And uh, and so and so I was like, Jesus, I can't I can't do anything right now. All I can do is just Pray your psalms. And so before the Blessed Sacrament, I just was reciting the psalms because I was like, Jesus, I, I just can't right now. I, this is too much right now. My pain is too, it's, it's too unbearable. Uh, and so. The man flew. Right. I, I know men are the worst. I, I admit it. We, we were terrible at suffering. So, uh, but anyways, but I still went and I still showed up, but I just, uh, I just recited his psalms. <laughs> well, how would you, Father, how would you um, lead somebody if they wanted to, you know, start a holy hour, especially this Lent, if that's something they wanted to start, or even like a holy 30 minutes, like a holy half hour, what would be bringing this, the scriptures in? But do you have, and maybe you talk about that in your book, but do you have a way when people ask, they ask that all the time, like, I don't know what to do. And so it kind of keeps people away, or I can't spend an hour, so it's nothing. So it's not all or nothing, but would you have a, like, just like three things that would help people spend time with the Lord and enter into that holy hour more deeply? Certainly, yeah. And so I think the first thing we have to address is um, three things. Number one is distractions. Um, I think one thing that keeps people away from being able to commit to a holy 30 minutes with Jesus or 60 minutes with Jesus is they are aware of the many distractions that can stop them from being able to be present to God. So it's possible to be be in the presence of God, but to not be present to Him. Um, And so the first thing I would encourage is to to be aware of what are some of the distractions that can, first of all, keep us away from intimacy with Christ. Um, And so um, everything from the place that you sit down in the chapel, right? So if you go into an adoration chapel, uh, you want to be aware of your personality and, and your temperament. And so like if you're a type of person who, if you see someone else praying, you're going to be distracted by them and focus on them more than the Lord in the Eucharist, then I would encourage you to sit in the front of the chapel. That way you can't see other people because if you're looking at other people, you might be thinking, well, what's happening in their prayer right now? And all of a sudden you're not focused on Jesus, you're focused on somebody else. Um, Also to be aware of how long should you kneel down, right? It's a proper liturgical action um, to kneel down in adoration uh, unless you have bad knees, but how long do you kneel down? Because if you're 
feeling pain in your knees, then what you might begin to do is focus on your knees. And so who are you not focused on anymore? You're not focused on Jesus. And so it's really important to, to, to know, like, all right, it's good to kneel down, but at some point it's okay to lie prostrate or to sit down as well. That way I'm not focused on myself, but I'm able to focus on the Lord. And then also to be aware of the distractions that can come from things like your cell phone. Uh, do you have to bring your cell phone with you whenever you go in an adoration chapel? Um, if you if you don't leave it in the in the car, um, if you do put it on airplane mode, uh, that way you're not getting text messages and phone calls and emails that can disturb your time with Jesus. Uh, and then the second thing is to be aware of who you're talking to and what you're going to be talking about. That's what St. Teresa of Avila says we need to do for authentic prayer to happen. We need to be sure who we're talking to and what we're talking about. And so if you go into adoration and you're the only person in adoration, then to help you to be focused on the face of Jesus whenever you're in conversation with the Lord in the chapel, the St. Teresa of Avila would, would recommend vocal prayer, which includes two things. Number one, it includes speaking out loud. Whenever you're speaking out loud, what are you aware of? You're aware of who you're talking to and what you're talking about, right? So it's, it's very easy when we, when we pray in silence to get caught up in our head and then all of a sudden to spend like 30 minutes daydreaming about something else. Uh, but when we speak out loud, we're very clear what the conversation is about and, and who we're addressing in our conversation. But it's not always wise to pray out loud in Adoration <laughs> Chapel because sometimes there are people in there as well, right? Whenever... I know, exactly. Uh, whenever we were actually filming for the new book on adoration, after we wrapped up, me and the whole team went to an adoration chapel, and there was this little old man, this cute old man, in adoration chapel, and he was talking out loud the whole time. And so we busted out <laughs> laughing. And so when I was in seminary, there was a seminarian. Every time he received the Eucharist at Mass, he would always go back to his, his pew, and he would say, Jesus, I love you so much. Oh, God, I just love you so much. And I was like, bro, if you don't shut up, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you love Jesus, and I love him too, and, and I know he loves you and me both, but like, I want to have intimacy with the Lord right now as well, and I'm so distracted because you're over there saying, ooh, ah, like, all right, bro, go ahead, right? So, like, people, if you're going to, like, pray out loud, make sure there ain't nobody else there, right? Respect respect the people in the, in the room. Uh, but then also, St. Teresa of Avila says, vocal prayer does not have to be spoken out loud. It could be written down. And so this is where we actually write down the scripture passage that we're, that we're praying with. We write down our meditation, what the passage is saying to me. We write down our heart to Jesus, our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. And if there are more scripture passages that come to us, we write those down as well. That way, again, we're focused on what we're saying and who we're saying it to. Um, and then the third thing would be to apply the practice of Lexio Divina uh, to uh, the spiritual life, right? Lexio Divina starts off with a lot of, a lot of speaking and then it transitions to just being in relationship. All right, so for those of you, I think all four of us um, have been in relationships in our life. Uh, two of y'all are married to uh, to guys. Uh, uh, one of y'all is married to the man, Jesus, and I'm married to a woman who's like 2,000 years old. She's looking good, though, man. She's fly. She's like, she uh, on some days, some days she looks a little tired. On some days, I see her wrinkles very well. But uh, no, it's so, uh, I love the church. I really do. It's just uh, the, the church on earth sometimes gets on my nerves. But um, <laughs> but I love the church in heaven. I love St. Therese. Uh, <laughs> no, and so, but all of us have been in relationships, right? And in the beginning of our relationships, we do what? We talk a lot, right? We want to get to know the other person. And so we share so much about ourselves and then at some point in the relationship, like we just, we're okay with like watching a movie and sitting on the couch and not saying anything to the other person because we enjoy just being in the presence of that, of the other, of the beloved. So the same thing applies with us in Jesus. Like in the beginning of our prayer, 
most of the time we're going to talk a lot and we're going to listen a lot to, to, to his voice. But there, there's going to come a time, too, in our prayer. And it's, it's very it's seasonal, so it's, it's cyclical. It's going to go like round and round. But there's going to come a time in our prayer where words aren't necessary anymore. Just being in his presence in the Blessed Sacrament is enough. Like, Lord, I just want to look at you as you look at me. Um, and so that's the, the method of Lexio. It starts off with reading. What is the beloved say, uh, just saying in and of himself? Um, and then meditating. What is his word saying to me? Uh, and then praying, having a conversation about what his word says to me, and then contemplating, just being in the presence of the beloved, of the bridegroom. Uh, and then that can be applied to scripture. That can be applied to the, the recitation of the rosary. That can be applied to the catechism of the Catholic Church. That can be applied to the wisdom from the saints as well, just to help us um, in, in our conversation. But it's, but it's very good and helpful always to have the word of God with us. Um, that way, we're very clear on what we're what we're perceiving from Christ in prayer as we're having a conversation with Him, as we're sharing our heart, our thoughts, feelings, desires with Him. We're able to like know that we're perceiving truth from Him and not the world or the enemy um, or ourselves when we're praying. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that's something that I think we often underestimate that can grow, like our understanding of God's voice. Some people will just say, "Well, I don't, I don't know if it's God or what. Like, I just think it's me, or how do I know?" And in my experience. It just takes time, like any relationship. Like, you know, Jake doesn't, my husband Jake doesn't call me and say, hey, it's Jake. He could breathe on the phone and I would know that it's him. And it's because we spend every day together and we talk every day. And it really is the same in our relationship with God. The more that we listen to his voice, we're able to distinguish it from other voices, like you were saying, because there are other voices that are at work. There's our voice and there's the voice of the world and there's the voice of our wounds and there's the voice of the enemy that is happening. There's just distractions that are going on. So I just want to encourage people don't be discouraged. You know, if you feel like, oh man, I'm listening to this. I was like, I'm not holy enough for that. Or I don't understand how to do this. I think what I'm hearing from you, Father Josh, is these are tools to help us to come into relationship and intimacy with Jesus. That's the point of it yeah, all. And, and, yeah. and depending on like the season that we're in and it's the seasons always change, right? It's going to look different each time. Like there are times, there are seasons where I listen to a lot of praise music during adoration. There are other seasons where I'm drawn to just sit and be with the Lord in quiet. And it's very dry and there are no insights and there are no feelings happening, but I'm just with him because he's the love of my life. Um, and there are seasons where my prayer is super distracted. Even whenever I avoid the cell phone and I'm not like focused on my knees and I'm in there by myself, there are seasons where just distractions are inevitable and they're all over the place. And even then I perceive the Lord saying to me like, Josh, I'm just happy you're here. The same way I was happy that John and Peter um, and James were with me in the Garden of Gethsemane, even though they chose to sleep, they were still there, right? They still showed up, um, even though they weren't fully present to me. And I think that sometimes the way we see our prayer is totally different than the way God sees it. I think the fact that we just show up and we're trying to make an effort consoles the heart of Jesus. But I do want to say one thing, Heather, about like the way you can always tell uh, Jake's voice whenever he um, calls you. That's the way I am with Sister Miriam whenever we're in adoration together. I can always tell whenever it's her stomach like growling. Um, I'm like, oh, I, I know, I know that stomach noise. That's Sister Miriam, right? She's hungry for the Lord. Uh, she wants to receive him in communion right now. I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to go set up mass so I can say mass for her so she can receive you and stop looking at you. Uh, that's awesome. But that's also that's one of the funny. points of adoration. Adoration is meant to draw us to mass. And so one of the, the examples I like to use is if you've ever been to like a really good steak restaurant um, and they give you like a really nice sizzling steak, 
like you're gonna look at that steak and imagine if the waiter said to you like hey like i want you to like gaze at this steak for five minutes and it's like sizzling in the butter and oh my gosh i can see it right now and it just looks so good and you're you're, you're gazing at it eventually you're gonna be like get in my belly like i want to eat you right now and so that's one of the gifts of Eucharistic adoration is the more we adore the Lord, the more we're going to be drawn to want to receive him in Holy Communion, which means that we're also going to be drawn to want to be in a state of grace to receive his mercy and his sacrament Amen. of reconciliation. So Eucharistic adoration transforms us to, to make it because God doesn't want us like a spiritual relationship with us. He wants the two to become one flesh. He's like, all right, at some point we have to transition. And so that's one of the gifts of adoration is it always draws us to want to be in a state that's um, conducive to receiving him in Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. Father, one question that I have that's just on my mind is, uh, you know, if pe people listening are Christians, they generally speaking, you know, uh, or, or at least they have a desire for God or they probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And for many people, they pray, you know, they're, they're praying in their car or they're praying in their room. Like what would be the difference between praying to God in your room, praying in your car, and spending time in His presence, in His like physical presence in the Eucharist and adoration. What's the draw that you would say that's different about that than any other form of prayer that we can experience? Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of the most powerful ways that we can pray. You know, whenever the, um, whenever the men went to go visit Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in Bethlehem, they certainly could have said, you know, God is everywhere, because God is everywhere. We want to acknowledge God is, is He's Right now, I'm in my, my kitchen. He's with me in my kitchen. God is out there in nature. God is everywhere. So we want to certainly like acknowledge that. And we also want to like acknowledge that for some people, it's very difficult to get to an adoration chapel because of their season in life that they're currently in. I'm, when I was at LSU, my students went to adoration every day. Then they got married, had kids, had a job, and they can't go as much anymore. And they, they felt bad about that. I want to acknowledge like you can pray anywhere where, you know, with the Lord, God is everywhere. Where two or three are gathered, praise God. However, Whenever they went to go visit Jesus and Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, like they went to where he actually, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God was at. And whenever we go to an adoration chapel, literally the sacramental presence of Christ is present to us. Like we're actually in the presence of our God, of, of, of the one who we worship and who we adore. Um, and so it, it's something that he wants us to do. He He's waiting for us in the tabernacle. And so while it's good to pray everywhere, it's also really helpful for us to show him how much we love him by praying in some specific places as well, like before the tabernacle or before the Eucharist exposed, because he's sacramentally present there and he's waiting for us to come and visit him. He's waiting for us to come and, and spend time with him where he's waiting at. And so um, there, and there, there's, there are graces that come from being that close to Jesus. The, the, the more we spend time with people, the more we begin to act like them. And so whenever I hang out with Michelle, I, I sing a lot of songs, right? When I hang out with Michelle, I sing a lot of pop songs because when I'm with her, we, I begin to act like her, you know? Uh, and so that's, that's we, we rub off on each other. But the same rule applies for Jesus. Um, and Michelle, you are the body of Jesus Christ. So I want to acknowledge that. But Jesus in the sacrament. You didn't talk about how you dance, though. Like, you usually dance when you're with me. <laughs> true. Y'all do. You all do some dancing. That's true. We all do some serious dancing. That's right. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, right now, I'm doing the NSYNC. Bye bye. Is that actually the NSYNC? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but so the same rule applies for Jesus as well. When we actually sit before his presence in the Blessed Sacrament, we're spending time with him. And so we're going to become more like him because we're like literally with him in that in that place where he's sacramentally present at. And so we will begin to think like him, speak like him and act like him. There's a saying that um, adoration leads to imitation. And so if we're actually adoring the Lord, what's going to flow from that is we're not only going to um, 
abide in him in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit who we're baptized into, but we're going to imitate him as well um, when we leave those chapels as well. Whereas if we're not before the Blessed Sacrament, we might not always be in a posture where we're um, focused on adoring the Lord, which then means we're not going to imitate him afterwards. Mm -hmm. And we see all through the scriptures that when people encounter Jesus... And when he came into a town, yeah, they were healed, you know, and I've experienced that just being before the Lord in his presence in the Blessed Sacrament. How could we not be healed and transformed, even if it's imperceivable to us? How could we not be changed when we are in the presence of of God himself? What are you thinking, sister? I just love that we're having this conversation. It's just so beautiful and it's so life-giving and so helpful for people. I just hope that you know, as you're listening, that maybe ideas are forming in your own mind of, of how the Lord wants to encounter you. And especially as we journey into this Lenten season, there's no better thing to do during Lent than to make some time, which many times it is making time for the Lord um, in that particular place in, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And, you know, whether he's in the tabernacle or he's exposed upon the altar, just going into the church and just sitting and being with the Lord is... Uh, there's nothing that can compare to it. And so I, I love this. I, it's just, yeah, it's, what would we do without him? <laughs> there is no other place. And even, you know, time before the Lord is never wasted. Even when we think like, oh gosh, I was distracted or this didn't really happen or I was hoping for an answer to this. I didn't really get it. It's, it's never wasted. Never wasted. We, we're always transformed, like y'all are saying. You know, as whenever we go outside in the sun, you know, where our skin is always transformed, and whenever we go before the sun, our soul is always transformed. Mm -hmm. So it's never, it's never wasted time. And you know, yeah, I just, I love this, and I think it's going to be so helpful for uh, our listeners as we delve into this beautiful holy season of Lent. And even if you're in a state of sin, I encourage you, like, go to adoration because, like, whenever I had my conversion at Steubenville, I was in mortal sin whenever I was in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament for adoration. And it was that experience of our Lord in adoration that drew mm. me to the confessional. And so sometimes mm. people, whenever they are have committed a serious sin, they avoid going to adoration. They avoid being intentional with God in prayer. And the Lord just says, come. He says, just come to me right now as you are, just come. And then as we come to him, he transforms us over time, right? Um, it's like the shower. You know, you go to a shower as you are, and over time, the shower cleanses you. You go to the Eucharist as you are, and over time, the Lord will transform us and draw us to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, so don't ever let sin uh, stop us from being present to the Lord in, in Eucharistic adoration. And if you can only go for 15 minutes, 15 minutes yeah. is, is good minutes. If go, you can, like, it doesn't matter. I used to hate the word holy hour, even though Fulton Sheen gave it to us. And I use it all the time, too. But um, I, used, I used to not like it so much because I found that... I would be more concerned with the, the hour than I was with the person, Jesus. Um, I was like, I got to get the hour. And I would like check my watch. And I was like, oh, I did my 60 minutes, right? Um, and so I started changing my language to I'm going to go spend time with Jesus, which happened to be an hour. Uh, but I just was, um, now I'm not so um, rigid about that like I was back then. But um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say like, as well as our sin, like not letting that be a stumbling block, I would say doubt as well. Don't let doubt be a stumbling block. Like if you're struggling with really believing that Jesus is there, it's okay, you know, and, and just to be in his presence and ask for the gift of faith. Um, I, I don't think, as sister said, anything is lost in his presence. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Michelle? I th well, that's a great point. Just going to the Lord saying, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, mm -hmm. just coming to him and saying, help my unbelief. But if you are in a season or even like um, 
if you has takes a little like organizing, I would suggest if you can sign up for holy hour, it's huge. Yes, yep. Like those set Make times for me, it. like mm-hmm. it is, yeah, it is a major transformation in my spiritual life. Knowing I have those set times, those set hours, it is like a date with me and Jesus, you know, and the thought of trying to get a sub is more exhausting than actually going. So it, like, I was like, okay, let's do this. And it is a really great place. Like I was talking to a young girl that graduated from Franciscan University this uh, past weekend. She was with me on retreat. We were talking about the powerful times we had in prayer and college at the port on Franciscan University. Like what has happened in that? But it was really interesting. Father Josh, when I was doing a retreat in Baton Rouge, I went to this adoration chapel and I was surrounded by like 25 LSU kids, which I just totally loved, you know, so you have free time. But I remember transitioning from Franciscan to becoming a young mom. And I had this idea of what of a perfect prayer life looked like, because I was able to spend more time. And when I had littles, I wasn't, you know, but if you are able to get like young moms that are at home, find some time, do a nine o'clock holy hour. Even if you fall asleep in your holy hour, that's okay. Jesus loves you when you're asleep just as much. That's what St. Therese used to always fall asleep in her holy hour. And, And then finally the Lord revealed to her, he was like, you're my beloved daughter. And what father does not want to see his daughter sleep? Um, and sometimes God can do the best work whenever we're sleeping, you know, as well. And so sometimes we got to get out the way and just, you know, if, if we fall asleep, just let it happen. I mean, if you snore again, now, if you're in there with other people and you are a snorer or if you're like me and you talk in your sleep, like I talk in my sleep. So you don't want me in adoration sleeping because. Or a drooler. Oh, ew, that's nasty. Ew. Yeah. So don't be nasty in adoration now. All right. <laughs> Put that on a coffee. on a coffee mug. Don't be nasty. <laughs> Word, words of advice from Father Josh. Words of it. We're gonna put that on Instagram this week. Well, for me, even though I don't have littles anymore, it's the one place where no one can talk to me. So I love yeah. it. Like adoration is the one place where it can be totally quiet, and that and the library are sacred ground, in my opinion. No, not the not the bathroom. No, I'm they sorry, come by the bathroom. My kids will come. They don't even care. They're just like, hey, mom. You know, they I do want to not talk about care. My uniform and like, I'm, I'm like, a, can yes, you? When I do adoration exactly. with people, they they're like, hey, father, real quick, can you like? And I'm like, bro. Like, do you see me? Like, you know, so. <laughs> we all have our sacred places, I guess, right? Well, Father Josh, as we kind of uh, close here, where, where can people find your book? And tell us about, you said it's a pocket guide to adoration. Where can they find that? Where can they purchase that? Pocket guide to adoration can be purchased on Amazon.com and AscensionPress.com as well. And also, if you're in my area, we're going to have it in my gift shop too. So, Sacred Arts. Mm. He has a beautiful gift shop oh, at his parish. So, I did some yeah. damage when I came and visited <laughs> that gift shop. So. Well, gosh, yeah. We, we just hope <laughs> listeners, you know, grab that book. I think it's going to be really helpful for you on the journey and really gives you concrete help and advice and just as a friend on the journey to go before the Lord and open your heart to Him and see what He wants to say to you, especially, and not just for Lent, but at any time. So. So, yeah. All right, Father Josh, you know very well that at the end of our episodes, we have a one thing. So would you like first dibs? Because you're the man here. Would you like the first dibs on a one thing? I would love first dibs. So my one thing (laughs) is, um, so it's actually the bravery, liturgy of the hours is my one thing for the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, uh, pity party for me. And I was feeling really bad for the past couple of days. So my prayer was just really, um, it's very difficult to remain focused uh, and so I found that the liturgy of the hours and just reciting the Psalms was such a gift because I was like, Jesus, I just, I can't right now, but 
um, I was able to just spend time over and over again reciting the same psalms um, during my time with Jesus. And that was very helpful. So shout out to the church for giving us the liturgy of the hour. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? My one thing is actually our sponsor for this episode, uh, the beautiful Priscilla of the Little Catholic. She's sponsoring this episode, but her jewelry is beautiful. But I lost my medal, and so I needed another holy medal. And if I felt like like I'm missing a limb, not having a like blessed medal on my um, neck. Like I've been wearing a bracelet, but um, she did beautiful work. And I, uh, my sacred heart medal is just gorgeous. And I, it just brings me a lot of comfort, like just to have Jesus's heart close to my heart. So that is my one thing. And so sister, what about you? Am I your one thing again? <laughs> again like, oh my gosh, get over it. Um, well, I, I love music. And I love Spotify playlist. And so I was listening to a certain a Spotify playlist and an old song by John, John Foreman came on called House of God Forever. Mm. And I just, it's such a chill song, but actually it was the, it's the whole playlist because they revamped it and it's called, I'm just going to give it a shout out. It's called Calming Christian. Mm. <laughs> and it's like the most chill music to put on in the background or just, you can do anything to it, fold your laundry, work on emails or just, and it's just lovely. And it has a wide variety of music of just acoustic, beautiful, chill Christian music. So I'm going to give people a shout out to that one. It's called Calming Christian and it's a Spotify playlist. I will give you What that about the voice my love to you, Sister Miriam? Was that not a, if that was a song, was that not something beautiful as well? <laughs> the what? The voicemail. <laughs> when I was singing. Yeah, I'll let you tell that story. If you want to tell that story, you tell it. <laughs> no, we're good. It's okay. I just, I just thought that she. All right, all right. I guess all we all we could say was that Father Josh left me a voicemail singing a song, but my visual voicemail translated it into donuts. So all it said was donuts, 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 and I'm like, what is, what what is this? I was laughing, so I screenshotted it and I sent it to him. Like, is what are you talking about? It was so funny. But anyway, we digress. Heather, what's your one thing? Uh, my one thing is a movie that Jake and I watched this week called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, two people told and me about that this week that we had to watch so it. Good. Yeah. It's so good. It's about a young man with Down syndrome and he's in a nursing home and he wants to break out and and go after a dream. And um and so anyway, it was just charming and sweet. And, you know, it totally touched our hearts and made us laugh at the same time. There's some language in it. So, you know, watch at your own discretion with, I don't know if you want to have kids around. So that's up to you parents, but it was a great movie. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, but not as much as I've enjoyed this conversation with you, (laughs) Father Josh. It is always a gift to have you here. We love Mm -hmm. you. And if anybody wants to check out more of Father Josh, you can listen to his podcast, Ask Father Josh, which is on the Ascension website, and also pick up that book. And if y'all want to check out more of Heather Kim, y'all can uh, (laughs) check your calendars because she's going to be coming to Holy Rosary at some point in the next year. We've already committed to it. And so now that it's on the podcast, it's official. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm hooked in, actually. I can't wait for that to happen. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Father. It's a gift to have you on, and thank you for sharing your heart with us and your love for Jesus and just opening that um, that beautiful avenue to all of our listeners. So it's always a delight. Thank you so much for uh, listening to uh, the podcast episode, friends. Uh, we'd like to just once again offer you Father Josh's book and Pocket Guide to Adoration, and we just pray that this Lent would be a special season of um, healing and restoration and encounter with the Lord. So until next week, we will be... And join our book study. Yeah, join our book study. Yeah, we're going to do The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. So jump on that. Get on that, people. And we'll start that very, very soon. So uh, it has been delightful. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. See y'all.
If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member, and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.